this show is not for the easily offended. So if you are easily offended, go listen to something else. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Noise. I'm your host, Eric Howard. Comic Book Noise can be found at comicbooknoise.com. And it's part of the Deliberate Noise Network. For more details, please go to deliberatenoise.com. If you'd like to send feedback, you can email me. My email address is Derek, that's D-E-R-E-K, at comicbooknoise.com. Or you can call the audio comment line at 734-331-0772. Um, if you'd like to donate to the overall health of the um network as a whole you can go to comicbooknoise.com and on the home page um i think over on the right there will be links to um Alphonic, which helps me um, process these individual episodes or um paypal in order to give a donation or you can follow the link and go to patreon to become a regular contributor uh like these fine folks um this is not in the order i thought it was um sorted in so uh thank you to dave slusher of the evil genius chronicles thank you to bruce rosenberger thank you to vicious smith thank you to martin ferretti Thank you to Rick. Thank you to James Johnson. Thank you to Ken Kennedy. Thank you to Chris Ivey. Thank you to Edward L. Moore Jr. And thank you to Dave Levine. Um, I really appreciate it, all of you. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to get too sappy because I had a lot of talking to do coming up. Yeah. All right, first off, I finally finished uh, Black. Um, it's from Black Mask Publishing, Black Mask Comics, uh, Black Mask Studio. All right, and I've got the Kickstarter edition. This is written by uh, Kwanzaa. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name again. I, I know I screwed it up uh, plenty of times, so I'm not going to do that anymore. That is illustrated by um, Jamal Eigel. And, you know, those are the only two names that they have as actual, you know, credits for what they actually do. Um, at least as far as I can see. On the cover, they also have Randolph, who I'm not sure who exactly who Randolph is. I think he's, I know he's the, the color artist, but I'm not sure exactly who he is. Uh, someone named Lit. Uh, Riggs, Robertson, and Sharp. Um, and I've looked over this book uh, a couple times. Uh, it's uh, Carrie Randolph. Um, and Sarah Litt. Uh, Tim Smith the third is also listed under Team Black in the uh, thank you section. Um, I don't know who Robertson is. They're not on here. Um, whoops. Or Sharp. So, anyway... So, this story is... Uh, okay, I'm just going to read the back. 
In a world that already hates and fears them, what if only black people had superpowers? After being gunned down by the police, Kareem Jenkins miraculously survives and learns that he is part of the biggest lie in history. Only black people have superpowers. Now he must decide whether it's safer to keep it a secret or if the truth will set him free. Alright, um... That is the overall premise. Um... It is way more um, nuanced than that. There's a lot of... uh, (laughs) This is a book you should read. This is a book you should experience. This is really not a book you should be listening to a review about. Um, That said, um, I just want to say that I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the artwork. Um... I enjoyed the writing. I, I enjoyed. I'm, I'm I'm sitting here trying to think of where this book might have a fatal flaw, and I'm seriously not finding one. You know, um, because even if this book were in color, um, I don't know if that would make a big difference in improving it you know because there when you add color to a project it um immediately changes it you know there there's obviously it immediately changes it but there are certain things that um you may not have noticed before that you that you would notice um i don't, I don't know how to put this i honestly think that introducing anything other than black white and shades of gray to this story um would be doing it a disservice you know uh that said i really enjoyed the setup um there are really uh five major characters there's a bunch of minor characters that are incredibly uh interesting and charismatic in their own right um but there there are like five major characters the first one is Kareem Jenkins, who they just touched, who they you know who they mentioned on the um, on the back of the book. Um, he eventually wants to go by the name X. He doesn't really know what he wants to do, you know. Um, there's a lot. A lot of the book is spent with him rebelling against everything. People tell him to do one thing, and he automatically wants it to do another, um, and that that is shown in the very beginning of his, of his story, you know, uh, well, we already know that he's gunned down by the police. Um, but it's the decision that he made when the police had the, the gun on him that really, uh, illustrates who the character w- will turn out to be. Now, t- without going too deep into spoiler territory, the, um, the black people in this book get their powers from something called quarks. Uh, it only happens to black people. No one knows why. Um, <laughs> and uh, one character said, "Well, what if you? What if uh, one of your parents is white?" You know, uh, I forgot. No, I forgot what he said. But the, the response was, um, "You know, look, my mother is white." I have powers and she pointed to somebody else and said, this one here is an albino. So it's not tied to melanin. 
you know, and they basically don't know why. Only black people have prob- um have powers, uh, and it does cause problems. Um, but Kareem is different because he has like a different type of quark. Because um, you know they can't use um, what the the mutant gene, they can't <laughs> use teragenesis. Uh, they can't use uh, what was it in DC? Just the metahuman gene. So you know, say so, no, everybody. You know, black people have quarks. Um, they haven't found them in in white people, but um, yeah, I think that's the setup for the next book, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, and he's basically been. Sh- pulled apart, not pulled apart, but, you know, pulled in three different directions, right? Uh, There's Juncture, who is uh, a team leader who wants to protect black people by getting um, superpowered, uh, (laughs) superpowered people who are breaking the law. He wants to basically... um, bring them in to his to, to the custody of the group he's with right sort of like in the flash how barry allen was um had the, the the metas in his basement basically um that's what these guys are doing but it's a lot more than just five or six people it's like a whole whole network um and he truly believes that if the secret of of the black race gets out then things are going to get even worse you know because there are obviously there are white people who do know about it um and in the past they have uh, brutalized they've run experiments on black people and this is something that happened in real life and so um Kwanzaa is just giving a uh a fictional world reasoning behind it okay um if you don't don't believe me do some research okay um one of the most realistic things that had ever come out of um marvel was uh was it uh red white and black uh the truth it was a story about the guy who was captain america before you know who who got the super soldier serum before um steve rogers and you know they did a series of experiments on black people you know on black soldiers um specifically and isaiah bradley was the one who got the power at first and then it sort of um affected his um mental faculties uh later in life um and that's something that happened, you know, look at the Tuskegee experiment for some truly vile things, you know. Um, and this is something that, that that's happened before, you know. I mean, if the people in power don't understand um, an ethnic minority, then they want to pretty much cut them open to see how they tick. You know, if you don't believe me. Look at the um, experiments that Mangala did on the Jews in the um, during the Holocaust. Um, what was his name? Uh, Jimmy the Greek. He got fired years ago from CBS for basically saying that uh, that black people were bred like cattle. You know, he didn't 
say it um, exactly that way, um, but it's true. We were, you know. I mean, that's just that's something that happened. Um, that is a part of our collective uh, history, you know, as a nation. That is something that happened. And Juncture, at this point, he wants to um, avoid that happening again. You know, um, there's another character named O. I think it stands for Overdrive who has powers and he's the opposite he says the world needs to know the world needs to accept hey you know black people have no superpowers are real and black people have got them um he thinks that if there are people black people out there who have powers and they're hiding them for some reason that they will come out in the open that they will um stand together to protect themselves and protect others and things like that uh, because they don't know they they know I think they said um, a small percentage of black people like out of the entire uh, black population only 3 million have powers I mean think about how that would affect the power dynamic period you know Um, so that's what he wants to do he wants to expose everything and he's trying and you, you can basically see they have a sort of a, what is now um, would be considered a, a Martin versus Malcolm um, dynamic, you know, there. But uh, <laughs> uh, even back then, Malcolm and um, Martin, they agreed on a lot of stuff. They just didn't agree on how to go about getting it done, you know. So anyway, the main villain is a guy, white guy named uh theodore man he is the man and <laughs> yeah and he basically just wants to, you know everything that i said that um that juncture is afraid of and that uh overdrive wants to fight against uh that's what he does you know he, he wants to imprison he wants to experiment um black people he wants to try to duplicate their powers and to for non-black people to have these quarks um and he he's he is unapologetic about um, about everything, you know. Even though he will go and walk into a room where he is not the the strongest, he still thinks he is the best based on his ethnicity, you know. So I mean, he's 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 an he's a, he's an interesting character. He's more than just a, a two dimensional. Uh, kill all the black people villain you know just like um juncture and especially overdrive aren't uh anti-white uh you know juncture is is pro-black protecting black people and um and overdrive wants to protect in a different way you know he's you could probably take a look at overdrive and think that he's you know a kill whitey type of person but he's not you know um, any more than than man is a is a is a you know kill all blacks type of person. It's just they're just not. They um they're both really fleshed out if you pay very close attention. You know. And the last main character is Detective Walters, um, Ellen Waters. Excuse me. <laughs> and what I like is she's a, a New York cop who basically. Um, 
gets dragged into everything when she is in the vicinity when um, Kareem is killed. Um, and there's this one. It's not even really a running joke or gag. You know, it's something that happens constantly where they will say, Hey, Detective Waters, you mind if I call you Ellen? She said, Detective's fine. You know, <laughs> and every time somebody will call her Ellen, she says, You know, it's no, it's Detective Waters. You know, she's she constantly um, has to say, No, look, I am a detective. This is my name. This is how I choose to be addressed. And people still constantly ignore her. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> you know, I have um, two daughters. I have uh, three sisters. Jeez, um, I'm trying to think. Two, three, four, five aunts, you know, and I guess they think, you know, and they all have friends. So I guess they, if I'm around and I'm listening, just listening. This is the type of stuff that they always have to go through on a daily basis, right? Um, and hers was, you know, even though you know she's she's a, a character without power, she's supposed to be, you know, the every person, you know, you know every man, but she's not a man. She's the one who we're. She's the gateway. We're the ones we're looking at a lot of this stuff through her eyes, through her eyes, and through Kareem's eyes, because they both are seeing two different parts of what's going on. You know, she's kept in the dark about most of it, um, and he's getting a bunch of information just thrown at him. And uh, he's a kid, you know. So I really liked her. I liked all of them. There are some really subtle things that if you don't know your history, <laughs> you may f find them uh, confusing. Like, I think there was one character who was uh, given a number, which was, uh, was it uh, 1863, which, you know, if you know American history, you know what the year 1863 um, represented. But then there was another one later on that was 1619, which a lot of people don't know, and 1619 was the year where the first enslaved Africans were brought to America. So, uh, uh, Kwanzi and maybe uh, Tim Smith Third. Jesus, am I getting his name right? Yeah, Tim Smith Third. They, they, they've had to have done their homework. You know, they've had to had some kind of introduction or some sort of um, exposure to black history. Um, it is currently Black History Month, but all the black history didn't happen in one month. Just saying. When I was a kid, we actually had classes in black history. Um, yeah. Um, hold on one quick second. All right. Sorry about that. Okay. So anyway, if you are at a um, convention and you see a... Um, if Black Mask or one of the, the creators has this book for sale, pick it up. I think that you'll be, that you will enjoy it. Um, whether, you know, despite what your ethnicity or nationality is, uh, it's still a pretty well-crafted superhero story. In fact, this is one part where they show, um, 
possible uh, realities. And uh, one of them has uh, a couple of characters flying around out in the open, you know, like this would be, you know, the best, the best storyline, best um, timeline. And at the very end, on the inside back cover, the next book looks like it's going to be called White, 400 years later. So we will see. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, <laughs> you know. So anyway, so yeah, Black, um, definitely recommended. I am glad I actually took my time to read it to say if there was a reference that I didn't get the first time around, I, I looked it up, you know. Which is nothing new because that's how I got the vocabulary that I got. Um, that's how I got the vocabulary I currently have. <laughs> I said vocabulary, not grammar. Um, and I owe that, and a lot of people I know owe their vocabulary to uh, Stan Lee. Oh, you know, I forgot to do news. Shit. Oh, well. Um, because I would read some of the books you know, some of the comic books usually reprints. And if there was a word I didn't understand, I'd look it up. And so, yeah, a lot of people my age, that's what we used to do. We used to look it up anyway. Um, yeah. Should I do news? Not really. Cause the only really things that were in the news were, um, Valiant got bought by DMG entertainment, I believe. But I think that what happened was that they had already owned, a part of DM, uh, DMG had already owned a part of Valiant, and this is them buying out the rest from the uh, from the CEO and founder of Valiant, who apparently was a comic book guy through and through. And um, the new company is a media company, so we will see what happens to them. Um, and then there was uh, Stanley. That's what you know. Stanley, the name. That's what triggered it. He was in the hospital temporarily. Um, he's ninety-four, so I think a lot of people are on a death watch now. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. And of course, there's uh, stuff with Ethan Van Skyver, who I will say I've had um, interactions, one-on-one interactions with uh, Ethan Van Skyver, and he's. In the, He's always been nice to me, you know. Um, then I see him online. It just seems like a totally different person, you know. So that's all I want to say about that. Um, anyway, where was I? Yes, comic books. Um, while I was finishing up Black, I received my uh, shipment, my monthly shipment. And there was a book in there, uh, Dragon Age, uh, Knight Errant, which is a trade collecting how many issues is this six issues as well let's see uh this book like it it i'm recording this on sunday it arrived on a thursday and i immediately just went straight through it okay yeah this is five issues um uh, this volume collects uh, issues one through five of the Dark Horse comic book series and Dragon Age Knight Errant. Um, I'll tell you what it is in a second, but for me, no, let me, let me, let me, let me no, 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 all right, slow down, all right, 
Dragon Age. Um, I didn't care about Dragon Age. It was one of those video game franchises that I had heard of, but I didn't really play it, you know? And then we got a uh, PlayStation 3, which had the PlayStation Store, and Dragon Age Origins was uh, free one month. You know, so I said, eh, why not? So I played it. Um, and I tell you that, that the world was just drab and it just seemed, I don't know, you know, I played Skyrim and I played um, a bunch of the D&D games, but, you know, Thetis just seemed bleh, you know, it was, it was drab. Um, like I said a couple times already, the people were unfriendly, <laughs> either unfriendly or racist um and these are just like the 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 npcs i'm not even talking about like the bad guys the the guys that i'm facing these are just straight up the people who are just making up the the background noise basically and it um i don't know and it just didn't really do that much for me but i played it you know and it got towards the end i thought okay it's, it's a pretty decent game and then I bought uh, Dragon Age 2. And Dragon Age 2, everything that I read about Dragon Age 2 is it was a bad game. That it was the worst of the bunch. Um, I played it and I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I really liked Dragon Age 2 because it seemed more like those um, uh, uh, JRPGs that I used to play. You know, Final Fantasy and um, oh, Valkyrie, something or another. You know, games like that where the storytelling was a little bit more linear and there were uh, a lot of um, cutscenes, you know, but you could still do a bunch of stuff in between them. You know, it was a storytelling mechanism. It was video games as storytelling. And I really liked it. And when I got done with it, um, I don't even think I was done with Dragon Age 2 when I bought Dragon Age Inquisition, which is technically Dragon Age 3. And then I spent way... <laughs> too much time playing that game um i think i got that game around the time or right after i got mass effect andromeda but anyway so i played that game and once again i liked it and now that i think back on dragon age origins um it was actually a pretty good game as well you know um but anyway all that's just to say that once i got done reading the story you know um playing the story I wanted more so that's when I started picking up you know I think I have like three trades of um Dragon Age stuff right now and this is the latest one this one basically just came out and um here it is um Vea an elven squire and her knight the drunken Sir Aaron Hawthorne Riven Kirkwall just in time for uh Varric Tethris's appointment as Viscount, a highly capable thief. She takes on an easy job recovering a lockbox hidden within the gallows, an off-limits stronghold on the outskirts of the city. Everything goes as planned, but when she chooses to change the terms of the deal mid-heist, she's entangled in a dangerous mission that is surely above her pay grade. As Vea quickly finds out, the Inquisition is always watching. Now, those of you who don't play the game... All of that just sound like dribble, 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 blah, blah. 
stumble over the words drivel. All right. If I had read this comic book without playing the games, I would have been completely unimpressed. Right. Because I think I want to say that I actually read one of the Dragon Age. Yeah, I did. I read Mage Killer. I read one of the Dragon Age books before I played the latest game. Right. So they were making references to to people and events that I was just like, yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on here. And it wasn't until after I finished the last game, the third game, that I um, went back and read it. And I was like, okay, now this makes sense. Okay, this makes That's who, you know, so I believe that if you play the games, you will enjoy the Dragon Age trades, right? Um, just like if you watched uh, Firefly, you will enjoy the Firefly trades a little bit more than someone who just picks it up expecting to read a a sci-fi story in the case of Firefly or a fantasy book in the case of uh, Dragon Age. Um, so in that regard, um, unless you played Dragon Age, I really would not recommend this book. But if you played all three games and you're just looking for more to flesh out the story before the recently announced Dragon Age 4 comes out. Um, in fact, when that comes out, I already know I'm I'm probably going to take a couple days off work. <laughs> so I'll start saving up my uh, my comp time now. Um, yeah, if you if you just want more from that world or if you felt that some parts of the story were lacking, um, then I would I would I would suggest picking this book up. I did suggest picking up any of them. If you've already played all three games, go ahead and pick them up. Um, I really, really enjoyed it, you know? I mean, I'll tell you how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, I took my time and um, purposefully uh, drove in the slow lane while reading Black. But for Dragon Age, I just just read it all through. Just one sitting, finished the whole thing, you know? But like I said, I am now a Dragon Age fan. So there you go. Oh, okay. So I guess I did. <laughs> I guess I have um, my, my uh, oh crap, my formula format written down. Um, and I guess I just did one and two together. My news as well as uh, comic reviews. And uh, I'm not done yet. So uh, hold on. And I will be right back to talk about some uh, some TV shows. Okay. <clears throat> My family's awake. Um, so, it's going to be a long recording day for me because I won't be able to get all of this done. These next two, segment three segments, um, by the time Steven wants to use the computer. And I told him he could, so no big deal. Anyway, TV shows. I will try to not um, spoil some things, but some minor spoilers will probably occur. So I apologize in advance. All right. Um, these aren't in any really particular order, to tell you the truth. Uh, Supergirl. You know, I like this show. I really, really like this show. But the new characters... Um, Samantha and Ruby, 
they just feel so forced. <laughs> they feel so forced into the show, you know. I mean, last year I thought Monel, Monel, Monel came pretty much out of nowhere, and all of a sudden he was like an, an integral part to the show. These two are even quicker, and it's like the the the, the, the ties they bind are allegedly a lot stronger. Um, but they they came out of nowhere. It, it, this is how it looked, right? Came out of nowhere. Um, they were like homeless, but it turns out the mother had a uh, an appointment with Lena Luthor. While she was at Luthor's, she met Kara, who later introduced uh, her to um, to Alex and Maggie, and then by that was like over the course of two maybe three episodes and by the fourth episode they were all bosom buddies they were like like the closest of friends and they were you know acting like they were aunts to ruby and every time they would talk about how close everybody was because they they would say it not necessarily showed it my eyes would just roll just like oh this is just oh my god if those characters had been introduced and we had seen um, things develop a little bit more organically, shall we say, I probably wouldn't feel that the characters are a waste. But <laughs> right now, whenever either one of them is on TV, it's just like, ugh. Okay. I mean, I would much rather... They uh they just went back to the Legion story. Yes, I would much rather have more Mon L than than these two characters, you know. Ugh, you know. Now, only thing I can think of is a lot of shit must happen <laughs> off screen. I mean, there's got to be a lot going on. Because I just I just don't get it. I don't get it. Um I do like, however, the way they are handling the Legion storyline on both Supergirl and The Flash, um, where they're they're introducing characters very slowly on Supergirl, and just really just <laughs> excessively slowly on The Flash. We've had one character, and that character showing up makes total sense. Um, if it's indeed the character, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I want to see that. I want to see what this mission is. I want to see them help each other. I, I the, the story about the world beaters, it's doing nothing for me. Um, <laughs> nothing. So yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's, this is something that happened, and um. That they explained in Black Lightning, right? A lot of people don't like the the glow in the dark um, uh, uh, costume that Black Lightning has. Although I don't really have that much of a problem with it. But uh, one thing I did have a problem in the first episode of Black Lightning is after he rescues his daughters, they look right at him and they're just like, "Dad, why are you in a, in a costume? Why are you dressed up like Black Lightning?" You know. But then they explained it that you know that even though they were looking at him. They couldn't really focus 
on his face, you know. So, okay, that kind of makes sense. But when Supergirl and Rain were, <clears throat> excuse me, facing off with each other and they were, you know, grappling and they were looking at each other right in each other's eyes, she couldn't tell. Said, Wait a minute, this is a woman who I say is like my sister, whose daughter is like a niece to me. I was like, ah, get out of here with that shit. Anyway. Uh, Arrow. I'm all caught up. I was... Whew, I haven't watched Arrow since they came back from the little brief hiatus, but now I'm all caught up. And while the, the, the kid, William, on this show does not feel as forced as uh, the characters on the other show, if some long-lost grandparent came out of nowhere to take him to a, to a sporting school, I'd be cool with that. You know? Um... Recently, I think that like the, the the past season and a half, they've made a point of pointing out. I made a point of pointing out. Um, they've stressed that they didn't want Oliver, you know, the Arrow, to be seen as um, just some murderer. You know, he even he himself said that he needs to um, to change that. You know. And yet, in this storyline, when he's going up against uh, a bunch of nameless, faceless thugs, he's just, he's putting arrows in throats. <laughs> you know, he's not caring whatsoever. Um, mild spoiler. There's one part where, uh, that's not a mild spoiler. Anyway, um, Oliver does something. <clears throat> and he beats a guy. I'm trying to not give the context. Um, he beats some nameless, faceless thug, and then he takes an arrow and puts it right through the guy's chest. Right? I mean, not shooting him from long distance. He just picks it up, and boom! Right? So he basically stabs the guy with the arrow. Right? Um, that's a little excessive, <laughs> you know. I mean, they've gotten back to that arrow. They've gone back to, um since this show has been going on there have been basically what i call two oliver queens right and i'm not talking about the one from now one from five years ago i'm talking about um the batman oliver queen <laughs> which everybody thinks oh this is just a grimmer grittier version of the batman um and then there's uh frank castle oliver queen you know the the vigilante who who kills people and just keeps right on walking and that's what's going on now. You know, he's gone back from from being Batman to being Frank Castle because he is not caring at all. Uh, there's got to be some sort of ramifications for that. You know, <laughs> just it just has to be. Anyway, Marvel's Agents of Shield current storyline is ended. Um, the team is uh, gone back home, shall we say? Uh But with the knowledge they have, <clears throat> I wonder, well, I hope that the show doesn't turn into like an Odyssey 5 clone with them trying to stop the future. Have I ever mentioned how much I dislike time travel stories? 
you know, especially when somebody, you know, if somebody is in the past and they go to the future, you know, Buck Rogers style, okay, I don't have a, I, I don't have a problem with that, you know, idiocracy style, I don't have a problem with that, but when they try to go back home, it's like, you're gonna change something, you know, it's like um, Back to the Future when he went back to the past and he changed some stuff. No, you didn't change anything. What you did was when you came back, you came back in a different, an alternate timeline. Anyway, so I wonder what's going to happen. So I think that the people in the future who think that Shield's going to go back and change things will find out that their timeline is exactly the same and that Shield, the Shield members went back to a different one and they've changed things that won't affect them. So they're in the world of shit they're still going to be in the world of shit and it's not going to change <clears throat> lucifer i like lucifer i think it's a very smart well-written well-acted show however it answers a question i've always had right um in sci-fi and in fantasy there are these characters or races that are long-lived right um the asari in um mass effect or the uh, the elves and pretty much everything else, you know. It's like, oh, you know, she's uh, two hundred years old, but she only looks like she's thirty. You know, <laughs> you know, he's five hundred years old, but he looks like he's thirty five. You know, shit like that. And I always wondered how an Asari or an elf can be in the hundreds and they could have the same maturity level as. Um, a person who's in their 30s or in their you know, mid to late 30s or something like that, right? Um, but no, how does that happen, right? <laughs> this, this, this one, this last episode, um, really, the last episode of, of Lucifer, where he's trying to help um, a character um, kill himself and they basically have to go. He basically has to go undercover. It's it's a thing, you know. If you re, if you watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but it answered that question for me, right? Because usually, when you think about those characters, they show those characters are so laser focused on one thing that they become experts at it, right? Once again, in Mass Effect, uh, Liara Tassani became an expert in ancient artifacts right um in lord of rings a legolas guy becomes the world's greatest archer you know uh stuff like that and you know time and time again you'll have somebody who's really long-lived and they're experts in this one field um and i think that that the reason that they're so pretty much immature everything else is because they're so laser focused on that you know if you spend Let's say fifty years learning how to be the, the 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 greatest calligrapher in the world, right? Yeah, you can write the hell out of some ABCs, but you know, then you go into a, a coffee place, walk up in front of everybody, just grab something off the um, counter and walk out because you don't know any better because <laughs> you didn't pay attention when people told you, hey, hey. That kind of behavior is frowned upon. Um, and that's what this guy showed me. Like, Lucifer was supposed to be there for five years. And in the, the, the time that we have seen him, um, he hasn't changed. 
he acts as if he's changed. He even thinks he has changed, but he hasn't changed. He's still petulant. He's still impulsive. I mean, he hasn't learned anything. And this last episode, it really, really drove that home to me. It's like, okay, now I fucking get it. This guy has spent pretty much five years doing whatever the hell he wants. Saying whatever the hell he wants. Eating, drinking, screwing, whatever he wants. So he hasn't had to stop and think, huh. Maybe I shouldn't do this. And this is why. He hasn't had to mature. So. That is um, that is an answer, like I said, to a question that I've always had. Okay, so the Flash. Okay, um, the this 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 season started off with Barry Allen being set up for a crime. Then there was a trial. Um, <laughs> I'm not going. Well, ugh, kind of a spoiler. Um, at the end of the trial, he goes to prison. <laughs> so. If you haven't seen that trial episode, you kind of know how this ends already. And first off, they sped so so fast, quickly through that trial. It just it it's amazing, right? <clears throat> but it's TV, so there you go. Um, but to me, the prison storyline could have gone on like another episode or two. You know, first episode he was in there with Bill Goldberg. And then next episode, he's in there with Bill Goldberg and he does something. Um, and now in this next one, he's a fugitive. He's out of prison, but he's a fugitive. And to me, they could have gotten at least an episode of two more of the prison stuff um, before they did the reveal at the end of the last episode. But we'll have to see where that one goes. Um I kind of like the fact that although, um, okay, so far every season Barry has gone up against a speedster, right? These are people who can move faster than him, right? Or fast as, but usually faster than him. Um, and they have greater instincts than he does, you know? They know, okay. Um, if Barry's going to do this, I'm going to have to do this, you know. Um, <laughs> this is the first time he's actually come up against someone who's much slower than him, but who thinks faster than him, who thinks better than he does, you know. Because this is this is something that uh, that, that that we know, period, right? <clears throat> if you are in a race against somebody... You know, on a, even if you're on a track, if you're on a, if you're on a race with somebody, and you guys run all the way around the track, whoever gets there first is the fastest one, right? But if it's just to cross the finish line, if everybody else is running in one direction, this other guy just strolls back, and the other one turns around and crosses the finish line first, he's going to get there first. Now, is that cheating? Yeah, that's cheating, but. If the goal is to get across the finish line first, he did it. And basically, that's what the thinker is doing. He's out thinking. He's showing, yeah, you may go through, oh, 
You know what? Perfect example. Um, I talked about Skyrim earlier. Skyrim is one of the Elder Scrolls, right? Um, <laughs> the first really big major Elder Scrolls game came out on Xbox. It was Elder Scrolls 3. Um, Morrowind, right? I'll just be boring you with video game RPGs for just a moment, right? And you could play it for, you know, dozens of hours to get to the to the final guy, right? Um, and I didn't really like it. It's, the, the colors are too huge. It just beiges and browns, you know? It's, I didn't really like the way the game looked. I don't like the game played. Um, it was it was a good enough story, but it just wasn't really for me, right? Uh, now, the next game, Oblivion, I really dug the hell out of Oblivion. Um, and then after that was Skyrim. Really dug that one. Um, Elder Scrolls 6 isn't out yet, but Elder Scrolls um, Online is out, which I wasn't going to play. But uh, they originally wanted, you had to pay $60 for the base game. And then there was like a $15 a month charge on top of a crown store which basically meant you could buy premium items they wanted all of that for a brand new game no no plus the, I, I was a beta tester and a beta just the the game itself was okay but they didn't have the rest of the system in place for um for uh, uh um uh, support right and that's the number one thing you should have had, right? They didn't, and I said, fuck those guys. But they said, here, $18, and there's no monthly charge. I'm like, yeah, why not, right? So I bought it, and it was Morrowind. I was stuck in Morrowind. And anyway, so I was talking about this with Steven, right? And he was asking how I felt about the original Morrowind. And I said, you know, I didn't really like the game. But then once I found out that you could beat the game in five minutes if you know where to go. Okay, because basically with Morrowind, you had to go from step A, B, C, D, all the way to Z, where you met the final boss. If you knew, let's say, what was that, um, you could go from step A, step Y, to pick up an artifact that you needed, and then you could face the boss at step Z. You can finish the game in less than five minutes. I've seen it. I watched it on YouTube. Once I saw that, I said, fuck this game. I hate this game. I hate Morrowind. <laughs> anyway, that's what Flash is going up against. Okay. <laughs> He's going up against a guy who knows how to beat Morrowind in five minutes. <laughs> anyway, um, Black Lightning is still an excellent show, right? They are slowly um, telling the story of his daughter, Thunder. They're going to eventually announce that she's thunder. Um, I like that. Right. Just slowly getting to that part. Um, slowly showing his family life and how all that stuff is. And at the meantime, still having the best villain on TV. Okay. Um, I don't, I'm not going to spoil anything. But. <laughs> an Al Green lyric. That has never made me laugh before, but when they showed it on that show, Tobias Whale 
Al Green made me laugh. You've seen the episode. You know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch the episode. Go watch that scene. It'll make you laugh. Okay, and then finally for TV, Marvel's The Runaways. Um, I'm caught up, finally caught up on the show. It's an excellent show, you know. Um, and it expanded on a part of comic book that I thought that was sort of lacking. That was the pride. And, you know, um, in the comic book, they had, uh, and I'm going off of memory because I haven't read the book in years, but they had, like, uh, I want to say people from AIM, uh, people from the hand, I want to say, um, aliens, uh, uh, stuff like that. So they had really big ties to the rest of the Marvel universe, the underworld specifically and the bad guys. Um, but they couldn't use all those things for the TV show because a lot of them were tied up with rights with other people. So I think that what they did was even better. They made the, um, they made the parents less cartoonish, right? Less uh, one-dimensional. My, you're my child. You get here and you do what I say. To more human, you know. They 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 make mistakes. They love their kids, you know that kind of stuff. Um, and I really enjoy the the actors, especially the kid actors, because you know I've been ragging on kid actors uh, a lot on, <laughs> on this episode. But the the kid actors in this show are really good. They're really polished. Um, I'm pretty sure these like are all like in their twenties, maybe even a couple of them are in their thirties already. But um, <clears throat> they all carry themselves with maturity, you know, and not just um, like the characters are mature, but uh, you could tell that even when they're acting sort of goofy that that it's an act uh, you know it's not just them being uh uh you know will smith and and, and jazzy jeff on the fresh prince of bel-air you know just every now and then just act like yourself just act like yourself um these these kids are actually acting and they're really good at it it's a very good story um it got to, it took a, a quite a long time for them to actually run away. Um, but they got there and I'm interested. And you see, the, 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 the bad part is that there are a lot of things that, you know, since I read the book, um, I know where it's going to lead to, uh, but I still don't want it to happen. <laughs> you know, there are a couple of things that I just don't want to happen. There's a character or two who, there's one who um, I remember liking and I was disappointed with what happened to that character. And there's another one that I don't remember liking at all, who I really like on the show, you know? Uh, yeah, so anyway, yeah, I watch a lot of TV. And I didn't even really touch on the shows that I'm not up to date on, you know? Like, uh, yeah, like the ones I'm not up to date on. Anyway. Um, Steven's going to need the computer, so I don't know if I'll be back in hours or maybe even days. And then we'll talk about movies because <laughs> if almost an hour of uh, comic book and uh, TV talk wasn't enough, now I'm going to talk about movies. I watched, uh, I watched three 
comic book movies, comic book related, manga related movies that uh, I will be talking about for you in a few minutes. For me, oh geez, who knows how long. Okay, a couple hours later. Alright, um, the first of the three movies that I... Ooh, was it? No, the first of the three movies that I watched recently was the... Uh, <laughs> it's the second Kingsman movie. I wrote down here the Kingsman, the Golden Compass, which is not it. It's the Golden Circle. Um, I tell you now, I liked the first Kingsman movie. Um... Uh, mostly because this was a property that I wasn't familiar with. I didn't know that it came from a comic book. I thought it was something that they just came up with, you know? Can you imagine that? Hollywood coming up with a movie that wasn't a sequel, that wasn't an adaptation. Um, eh, turns out it was an adaptation. Um, but I liked it. I thought it was very stylish. Uh, I thought it was... Uh, funny, uh, the sort of, uh, morbid type of funny that I like, you know, um, but mostly because when you strip it all away, it was the story of a guy who was learning how to be a hero, you know, and I like that. Um, the church scene was over the top ridiculousness, which is probably why I liked it so much. You know, and there was, there was a lot of that type of stuff. It was just over top. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but when it was done, even though they left it open for the possibility of sequels, because it's comic book movie and comic book movies with the exception of a very few, like I think maybe a history of violence, maybe the only one I can think of off the top of my head. They don't leave themselves open for a lot of uh, <laughs> sequel activity, you know? Um, so I didn't know everything was going to be a sequel. And when it came out, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that movie. But it wasn't like, oh, I got to rush out and see it, you know. So I um, didn't get a chance to see it until um, the DVD was available on Netflix. Because, yes, I'm one of those few people who still has uh, uh, a DVD Netflix account. Um, and once I get done with the last few like 40 something odd movies that are in my queue i might just get rid of it or at the very very least go down to one disc available a month you know um, anyway especially since the streaming prices are going up so why not just go ahead and go down with my uh money i'm spending on the um dvd section you know what i'm talking about anyway um so when I saw it, <laughs> it's, it's not the type of movie where <laughs> uh, there's a whole lot of, oh, shit, I need to rewatch it to remember what happened. You know, it was one of those movies where, OK, I didn't remember what happened, but within a few minutes, it's like, oh, yeah, that's such and such. This is that person. I remember who this person is. OK, this is what's going on so i got caught up to quick got caught up to speed very quickly um i was thinking that even if i hadn't seen the first movie um it doesn't really matter because if you saw oh what was it uh gi joe retaliation it pretty much starts out the same 
<laughs> if you saw one, you know how the beginning of that one starts. Um, so, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Anyway, uh, I liked it. Um, those same kind of uh, foolishness in this one that they had in the first movie. But whereas the first movie, everybody's talking about that one scene in the church. This one, I don't think there's really that one scene um, that will make everybody go. Yeah, yeah. If you want to see some some over the top just uh, shenanigans, uh, watch this. You know, I, I don't I didn't see that for this movie, um, but I liked it because once you stripped everything away, um, it was a reverse. It was more about a hero who was learning how to be a person again. You know, uh, he had some growing up to do. He had some decisions to make. And when he got around to it, he, he, he made them, you know, well, how's to put it. Um, I liked it. If you saw the first movie, um, and you were invested in the story, you thought it was pretty good. When you check out the second movie, you'll like it. If you haven't seen the first one and you just want some, uh, something to just turn your brain off, eh, just check it out. You know, like I said, it can get caught up really quick. Um, and when I mean caught up, I mean, it's like, even if you don't know who these characters are, you kind of know who they are <laughs> anyway. And in fact, there's one character, um, who doesn't make it to the end of the movie. I'm gonna put it to you like that. And when that character, um, is taken off the board, shall we say the, uh, the main character was upset and I had trouble remembering that person in the first movie at all you know so yeah it's like that anyway so yeah um kingsman the, the golden compass <laughs> kingsman the golden circle is something if it's it's, it's a slow uh sun, sunday afternoon or saturday afternoon there's nothing to watch on tv yeah, check it out then i watched gantz Oh, um, let me, <laughs> Gantz is, is based on a, uh, Gantz, oh, I should say, because it was, it was based on a, on a, uh, manga. There are other movies in the Gantz, um, franchise. They are live action. This is a, uh, CGI animated movie. Um, here is the, the, uh, the 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 one sentence synopsis after being brutally murdered in a subway station a teen boy awakens to find himself resurrected by a strange computer named Gantz and forced to fight a large force of invading aliens in Osaka um i really liked it <laughs> i had no idea see i had i take it back i had read the um the synopsis for Gantz a long time ago. And it was one of those anime that I wanted to check out, but I just never really got around to it. Um, and this was years ago, you know, years and years ago. I, I, I saw it. I said, oh, this seems, this, this seems kind of cool. Um, but I just never did, you know. Um, now I really want to see it after watching this movie. Um, I don't know if this movie is like a direct adaptation of a of a different um 
storyline in the manga or if this was totally sort of like a, uh, a synopsis of what has gone on. Because, you know, sometimes they'll do that. They will take like <laughs> 25 years of a story. Um, I shouldn't say. Let me, let me, let me quit being bullshitty. Um, they'll take years. You know, a storyline will take years in a comic book or a manga and they will distill it into a one coherent storyline just pretty much by getting rid of all of the extra stuff that really doesn't need to be there um oh uh this is kind of a a a shitty (laughs) example but with the dark phoenix saga for the x-men they tried um, same thing with uh, Days of Future Past. They tried, but there's like so much other stuff that would be going on with the um in the comic books that if they tried to um do a, a a direct adaptation, they'd have to introduce a whole lot of different stories, um, a whole lot of different characters, and explain who they were. So instead, they just said, "Okay, we'll just." cut this part out and we'll move it over you know so i mean neither one of those movies is a a perfect movie uh uh, x-men 2 or um x-men days of future past because of what they were trying to tell but at least they got like the high points right you see what i'm saying um so i don't know if that's what's going on with gantz oh all i know is that I, i really liked it um I wish this form of animation was more popular in the States. Because usually when we have animated movies, they're for kids. This is definitely not a movie for kids. Um, or they have, like, exaggerated physiques, you know. Um, the CGI version of Batman comes to mind. Which I liked. I really liked it. But it was, uh, I guess I would say, like a Bruce Tim drawing in 3d and that's nice and good if you want to see like a big barrel chested batman you know stuff like that but that's not the only story there's there's more than you can story than just batman or superman um but usually it's that form of animation it's that bruce tim form of animation which works uh 2d which will work in small doses, but um, overall, if you try to take that, to me at least, if you try to apply it to other stories, it just it just doesn't look right. Okay, um, this one, these people looked more um, realistic. Now, mostly because they aren't superheroes. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I guess I would just like to see that form of, of, of animation. There's a whole lot more stuff you can do, you know, um, because a lot of times when you have just regular CGI built into a normal story, it just something just doesn't feel right. It, it feels artificial, you know, but if you have it like a, a full CGI movie, then you can, then you know, you you take away that 
that element of oh shit look at this this is this cgi look at this cgi bullshit um and it's just more like okay what kind of images can they show and there were times when they show some really cool ones in this movie um the character designs for some of the monsters were just just amazing you know i mean just i just really liked it the um the violence was appropriately over the top because <laughs> this was a, a manga for adults, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just really liked it. And one thing I also thought was funny was um, I'm looking on, on Google and it is a, it got a seven out of t- a seven point two out of ten on IMDb, a seven point six out of ten on my which says, OK, so that's a movie that's just a little bit better than usual right but out of the google users 96 percent of the people like this movie 96 percent um and i I just think that's amazing and i and to me it's it speaks more than just um you know those those uh anime fans let's just put it like that it's just anime fans who are just bumping up a score i mean it's 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 a good movie it is a good movie. Once again, you can just sit back, turn off your brain, not think too hard, and watch it. Um, and that's what I did. Um, it's on uh, Netflix. And if you have Netflix and you have a, the Netflix app on your phone, you can actually download the TV. You can download the movie on your phone. And you can watch it if you're sitting in a, um, in a parking lot waiting for somebody to get off work on a Friday evening. You can watch most of it. Anyway, <laughs> um, again, I liked it. I would recommend it, um, especially if you're not familiar with it. I don't know what kind of liberties they took with the actual story, so let me just preface that it could they could be telling like the world's greatest um, uh, uh, manga story. And this movie could just be like a complete bastardization of it. Um, I kind of doubt it, though. But uh, <laughs> the movie is, is the movie I really enjoyed. Now, the last movie, the one that I uh, finished watching yesterday. This was Attack on Titan Part Two. Now, Attack on Titan Part One, I believe I talked about it in the last episode, maybe the one before that. I can't remember. Um, and uh, I mentioned how they made some changes. Now, most of the changes that they made in um, Attack on Titan Part 1, um, I thought were necessary, you know. They had to, they when they changed the location from Germany, which I didn't even know the, the, the anime and the, and the manga were set in Germany. They changed them from Germany to Japan. They made they had to get rid of some characters, right? Um, when they got rid of some characters, they got rid of some other ones. It's like, okay, well, we could introduce um, this particular relative, but the death of this particular relative is what set um, the main character off on his voyage of revenge in the first place. But what if we made it into, you know, a different character, you know, stuff like that. I could see that happening and I could see why they did it. Um, I had no problem with a lot of the changes they made. You know, there were a couple of characters that I thought, okay, they 
didn't really understand. It seems like they didn't understand the character themselves or they were just like, all right, let me um, make wholesale changes because this is how I want the character to be. Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was, I thought a couple of changes were kind of weird, but no big deal, right? The second one, <laughs> part two, went way the fuck off the rails. Rails, okay? Um, where you could see the change, why the changes needed to be made in the first one, there was no reason why these other changes were made other than they wanted to end they wanted to have a two-part movie okay um the first one ended at a very specific place um in fact the events of the first movie would have sort of oh it would have ended at a spot in the um anime where this where i thought the second one was going to kick off because it was going pretty faithful up till then like i said there were some changes need to be made but they did more than just hit the high points they were certain they they were in the right direction then the second one came along and then holy shit it's like they were like okay we it's it's almost like they they had three or four movies in mind <laughs> but they were like now nah, we're gonna wrap this up in two and so it just was whew. it was it, you know it, I, it's like okay the manga is still going on the anime is still going on we don't want this movie franchise to keep going on. So what can we do? And it's just like, all right, well, let's just tack an ending on. And the ending that they tacked on, oh, remember how I said they were, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm just do this. Remember how I said there were characters that they changed from the manga slash anime for the movie and you could sort of see why they had to make these changes right this one they made a couple of changes to in fact there was there's one character in the first movie where they even changed his name changed their name and i was like okay that's kind of weird but okay you get to the second movie now i understand completely why they changed his the name of the character because this was a totally different character right um, there was very little, um, <sighs> resemblance. <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to spoil shit. Um, there was so many, there, 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 there were a couple of resemblances between the two characters, between, well, the three characters, the character from the manga, the character from the anime and the character from the movie very very little resemblance but it's like okay that character is that person right but then you get around to this one and it's like i'm watching it and they got to this one particular part where it's a flashback and i was like oh no <laughs> i'm serious i thought to myself oh no 
they're about to fuck this up. And I was not wrong. I was not wrong at all. If you right, if you are a fan as I was of um Attack on Titan, watch part one and continue the story in your own brain. Okay. <laughs> Do not Unless you're really a glutton for punishment, go into the second movie thinking, okay, you know what? This should be pretty good. You know, the first part was pretty good. This will be pretty good. You will be sorely, sorely disappointed. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't even know what else to say except um, the very ending no, 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 hold on, not the very, very ending, but hold on. When the heroes defeat the big bad, big bad, you say? There was no big bad. Yeah, okay, yeah, there's a big bad. <laughs> when they defeat the big bad, all I kept thinking was, how much longer this movie do I have to sit through? <laughs> you know? Um, And then when there was the... Yeah, um, this part of not really a technical spoiler because most movies like this when uh evil is vanquished uh, excuse me when evil appears to have been vanquished um and everything is done i swear to god i just let the the dvd play because i was just I, I'm serious. I just sat there. I was just listening to the music as the, as the credits rolled. And by the way, and I've I've complained about this before. You know, most credits they'll 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 start with some sort of pop song. There's some song with uh, vocals in it, and then it gets to the end of that song. Then it'll just switch over to orchestral music, right, to the very end, right. So if even if you have like a what most pop songs is what three to five. Between three and four minutes long, four and a half at the most, but they have like 12 minutes worth of credits. So then you have those other like seven minutes of credits with some kind of orchestral music, right? Usually something by uh, Danny Elfman or Hans Zimmer, something like that, right? This one, they must have ran out of money because they had the singing part. Then they had the orchestral part that went off for like another three or four minutes. And then the audio just stopped. I shouldn't say that there was there was no mix-up. The audio just stopped. There was no music. There was nothing. There was just flashing credits. Or what are you even flashing at that point? I think there were a flash roll. It, it was weird, right? And I'm sitting, I was just like, all this shit was like marinating in my brain. Um, and if you know the process of marination, you know exactly what it was doing to my brain. Um, so I'm sitting there and I'm just like, okay, it looks like the washer is done. Oh, the dryer. So I'm sitting there. That's the first beep. Um, and I'm not moving. And I'm just like, wow. 
how could you do something? How, how could you? Wow. <laughs> you know? Um, it would be as if, you know how the first uh, Pacific Rim had uh, kaiju versus giant robots, you know? And it looked all cool and everything looked high tech. Even the monsters looked high tech. And let's just say the sequel was uh, somebody, the, the, the giant robots are now dudes dressed up in uh, uh, spray painted cardboard armor against somebody who is in an obvious, uh, <laughs> an obvious, uh, not even uh, foam um, costume, you know? That's and I'm talking about the, the level of of writing, you know the the ex the execution of this this this, this piece of shit story was actually still pretty good, you know it's it still looked really good, but it was just the story itself. It's like whoa, just flush already, you know. Um, so I'm sitting there and the audio goes out and I'm just sitting there, and there was a post credit scene that. I don't think a lot of people who saw the movie even know who existed. Unless, like me, they were just sitting there dumbfounded, like, huh? Um, and it's, it's, it is a hint at um, a possible third movie. Um, I kind of doubt it because I don't think this movie did all that well. But um, it would take the franchise completely away <laughs> from the uh the anime and the manga you know this one oh how can i put this this one did a a sharp 45 degree angle from the story that those other guys were telling this one would just really jet off into a, a whole different area you know yeah i mean i i i would recommend watching the first movie stopping it and continuing it on in your head um this second movie would probably work as a standalone movie because it does recap uh the first movie rather well and fills in a bunch of blanks but once it gets going man ooh yeah i mean it, it, it yeah ooh okay um coming up uh soon hopefully in the uh, next episode, if I have a chance to actually look at my increasingly growing uh, to-read pile, I might go through some of those issues. But I definitely, I started Robotech Volume 1. So it's, uh, I need to talk about that um, before the book is released. Um, it's already been pre-ordered, but... The direct market is 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 killing itself <laughs> with all these pre-orders and all that kind of bullshit. So 
If you can't find it at a comic book store, you probably be able to find it at a bookstore. You know, if not, just order it online. You know, um, yeah. But it's um by Brian Wood, and so far I'm liking it. But I've always been more of a Robotech fan than like Voltron. You know, I like Voltron, um, but I I prefer. Robotech, you know. Um, above Robotech, though, I'd probably I'd probably put uh, Gatchaman, G Force, uh, Battle of the Planets, that whole thing, slightly above them. But uh, yeah, I like Robotech. I read Robotech back. Oof, was it Malibu? Or was it Eternity that had the franchise? Mm. Can't remember, but it was black and white. I watched, I read those. I read it when it was in Kamiko. Um, and Titan seems to be treating the franchise very well. You know, if you haven't read any individual issues, I would suggest checking out. Um, but I will talk more about that later. Um, I'm also reading Kamikaze Volume 2. I don't know if I mentioned Kamikaze before. The first volume. Um, I picked up at um, Heroes Con last year, and I um, don't. I, you know, I liked what I saw. I like that sort of uh, animation style. It's not animate anime style, but animation style that Havana and Gwyn has. And um, yeah, so I, I donated to the Kickstarter, and the Kickstarter came through uh, oof, a while ago. But I just haven't had a chance to actually sit down and read it. You know, um, those are ones that I've started. <laughs> Who knows? I might get another Dragon Age book or some book like that, and it might also make it into the uh, next episode. But if not, then I will talk about um, GI Combat: The War That Time Forgot. This was a, I believe this is a DC Fifty Two trade. Um, it was another one I got back in the Heroes. I just. Just got around to reading it recently. Um, I haven't had a chance to talk about it. And uh, I went to Ollie's. If you have an Ollie's near you, go to their book section. They have a lot of uh, trades on sale. And I picked up uh, Justice League of America, The Tornado's Path for like $1.99 or $2.99, something like that. Some very, very low price. I mean, I read that before, so I can read it again. It'll be a quick read, hopefully. Um, I can talk about that again, but for right now, I'm done making a lot of noise, a lot of comic book noise. Take it easy.